The Productive Woman, Episode 231. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome and thank you for joining me. In this episode, I'll be sharing with you my conversation with Swedish journalist Jane Anderson. You'll find more information about Jane, along with links to resources she recommends and the various ways you can connect with her online, all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 231. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks and by the University of California at Irvine, Division of Continuing Education. If you're an entrepreneur or a small business owner who wants to manage your business finances effectively and efficiently so you can get back to the actual business of your business, visit freshbooks.com woman to get started on your 30-day free trial of FreshBooks cloud accounting software. Be sure to enter the productive woman in the how did you hear about us section so they know we sent you. You know, many of us have goals that involve additional education, whether we want to advance in our current job, prepare for a new career, or just learn something new. Well, the University of California, Irvine Division of Continuing Education is here to help us achieve those goals. So if you're trying to start a new career, build a company, or just develop a better appreciation of the world around you, UCI Division of Continuing Education has the resources you need to support those undertakings. They offer programs in a wide range of categories from business to IT, healthcare, finance, and even law. They offer over 60 convenient certificates and specialized studies programs on campus and online designed for the working professional who seeks career advancement and personal enrichment. UC Irvine is ranked among the top 50 universities nationally and ranks 10th among all public universities in an annual college survey survey in an annual college survey by the US News and World Report. They maintain over 30,000 enrollments from students worldwide each year and offer hundreds of exciting courses and programs to local, regional and global students. Spring quarter is coming up and registration is open now and they are offering something special for the Productive Woman listeners. If you'll visit ce.uci.edu slash podcast and enter the promo code podcast, you'll get 15% off one course. That's ce.uci.edu slash podcast and enter the promo code podcast to get 15% off one course. This is a limited time offer, only valid until March 31st at 11.59 p.m. So visit them today and let them know the productive woman sent you. And now let's get right into the conversation with Jane Anderson. I am delighted to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, Jane Anderson. Jane's a longtime journalist at Sweden's largest television outlet, and she's also a wife and the mother of two grown daughters. I've really been looking forward to talking with her about how she's making a life that matters. So welcome, Jane. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm just delighted to have you here, and I'm going to have you maybe tell us a little more about you, but we met, I guess, because you sent me an email uh, as a listener, and we're sharing some things uh, that you're doing as you've kicked off the new year, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more later, but uh, I was honored to hear that someone from Sweden is listening and uh, thinks the show's worthwhile, (laughs) so... Maybe we could start out by, uh, you know, I gave just a little hint of who you are and what you do, but maybe you could share a little more about that, who you are, where you are, what you do, what's important to you. Okay. Uh, as you said, I'm a, I'm a journalist. I work with local news at uh, Sweden's Television. It's a public service company and it's Sweden's largest TV network. Uh, I live in Lund, which is a, a universal uh, university city in the south of Sweden. As you said, I am married. I have two daughters. One is 21 and one is 27. I love reading books. I love to travel. 
and I love planning. I um, I, I'm very fond of that. <laughs> It's. It, it, I think that's a similar thing between you and me. I enjoy that as well. So, yeah. Well, we're going to talk about how you get the things done that are important to you, and you know, kind of the systems you use, whatever tools work for you. But before we do that, as always, I think it's helpful for us to have a little bit of context for those things. Uh, so, if there's such a thing for you as a typical day, what what might that look like? Usually I work, uh, as I said, I work with local news and usually I work very early mornings. Uh, and when I when I do that, like today, for example, my, my morning starts at 3.15 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> so I wake up then. Uh, usually I snooze until 3.30 or something like that. I wish I could say I have an exciting morning routine, but I don't. I just jump into the shower. I put on my clothes. I make me a few sandwiches and then I go to work around four and I start work at 4.30. So it's really early. And my work in the morning is to to make uh, four editions of local news for a big part of southern Sweden, actually. So I have some stories pre-made uh, and then I have to do the rest myself. So I read uh, all the other news outlets uh, in our area uh, I pick the stories, I write a script, I do the speaker, I find clips in our archive and I edit everything and then I record the, the broadcast, the show. Before, I used to be hosting it in the studio, but now we do it like this, like just recording it. So I don't have to put on makeup and, and look smart that, that early in the morning. I work together with uh, one reporter who is sitting opposite me and two others that I talk with on Skype. They are in other cities. I do the first versions between 4.30 and 7, and then between 7 and 9, uh, I make updates. And from 9 to 11, I do other things. I answer my emails. And I'm also, at in the newsroom, I'm also responsible for taking care of interns and new staff and so on. So today, for example, I made a plan for introduction for a few new interns that will be arriving in a, in a couple of weeks. And then I finish at 11. So that's the upside of it. Mm. Uh, and after work, sometimes I have lunch with a friend or I do my errands or I go to the gym and exercise. And then I go home for some sleep. Uh, I sleep around two, three hours in the afternoon. And then in the evenings, it's it's the it's the family life. It's just me and my husband now. Our, our daughters have moved out. Uh, so I read a lot of books. I have to admit, I don't watch that much television, uh, except news and, and documentaries. Then I go to, to bed. And um, you would think that I would go very early to bed, but I don't. Um, everyone thinks that I'm an early bird just because of the time that I'm working, but I'm not. So it's no use for me to go to bed early because I can't sleep. Mm. So I go to bed around 11 and then I read until midnight and then I sleep and then I wake up again, quarter past three. Mm. So you can say that I divide my sleep into two chunks and it, it works for me. Yeah, I was going to ask, how does that work for you? Do you feel like you get enough rest when it's broken up into two pieces like that? Yes, I do. And I feel that I have, just because I sleep in the afternoon, I feel refreshed when I, when I wake up after that. If you, when, you, when you work daytime, you come home around six, you are exhausted. So you just eat and maybe watch TV or, or do something at home. But when I wake up at around four, say, then I'm refreshed and I can, I can do a lot of things. I can meet friends in the evenings if I want to, and I can, I can do what go to the movies or, or anything like that. So I feel that I have more quality time working like this, actually, than working daytime. I, I know it sounds funny, but, but to me, it really, for me, it really works. That's such an interesting approach. I mean, I can see how it could be a good thing. I, I've just always wondered how somebody who has to sort of break up their sleep. I mean, so when you get up mm. at three o'clock in the morning to get ready and, and go to work, you feel mm. alert, even though you've only had a few hours of sleep before that. 
I wouldn't say I feel alert, but <laughs> even if I even if I sleep eight hours and I I go up at eight or something like that, I don't feel alert mm. either, because my best time is in the evening. I'm not, as I said, I'm not an early bird. But this really works. I've I've been doing this for more than ten years, and it it, it really works for me. Yeah, I like it this way. And so are your weekends different? Do you, you work during the week or do you do any work on the weekends? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I do. Uh, this week I will I will work both Saturday and Sunday. I do that every fourth week or something like that. But when I'm free in the weekends, I sleep a lot more, of course, than I sleep in late. Uh, for me, it's good. Not It's not good for everyone. I know yeah. that I, I have colleagues who, who just hate working mornings and feel that they the whole the whole day is ruined and, and they just feel kind of hangover, so to say, um, yeah. waking up that early in the morning. But I think that the secret is that I do this almost every morning. Yeah. Um, so I'm used to it in another way than just doing it once or twice now and then. So my my body and mind, is they are used to it. And as I said, I like it. Yeah. And and that's what I was thinking. I, our body probably can adjust to most things if it's routine. I, I think it would be a lot harder yeah. if you, like, for, for people who work shift, changing shifts or mm. something like that, where, mm. you know, sometimes they have to be at work really early in the morning, and then sometimes they, you know, go to work at a different time. I would think that would be harder because your body's constantly having to adjust. Yeah. Uh, in our newsroom, we can choose if we want to work mornings or evenings. Nice. Most of us just do one one of it. Yeah. There are those who like working both, but uh, most of us prefer one or or the other. Yeah. So, and I prefer mornings. Well, that's interesting. So, with that kind of background or background for what your life is like, what your days are like, um, let's talk a little bit about you know, productivity, every person's life is a little different, presents different challenges as far as staying productive, getting the things done that really matter to that person. Uh, what would you say are your biggest challenges when it comes to managing your life and, and being productive in the sense of, of getting things done, but also making a life that matters? What, what sort of things do you consider challenges for you? At work, I think it is the fact that it's impossible to plan because it is the news that commands everything. So all those great advices that you shouldn't multitasking, you shouldn't, you should just check your emails twice a day and stuff like that. It doesn't work. Uh, sometimes I feel I'm doing everything at one at the same time, and that is also something you get used to. But um, if you are the kind of person that really wants to know in advance what you should do then journalism is not for you. When it comes to productivity, uh, at work it is that you can't plan. You just have to go with the flow. (laughs) At home, I would say that it is definitely clutter. My husband and I, we have been living at the same place since 1989. So we we have a lot of stuff and um, too much of it. Um, but we have promised each other that uh, this will be a year of decluttering and uh, getting rid of things that we don't use. I don't feel that I have a problem with... I know that one of the things that you have been discussing on the show is a problem of saying no. I don't feel that I have this problem now. Uh, I think I had it when I was younger because I wanted to uh, I wanted to show that I was um, that I was good enough that I could achieve things and so on. And also I wanted people to like me. Now I know that I am competent. I don't have to prove it each and every day, so to say. And now also it's more important to me that people respect me. They don't have to like me, but they I want them to respect me. <laughs> and if they should respect me, then I have to say no sometimes. Yeah. I you know that's so interesting. I think maybe that's one of the advantages of uh you and I have talked via email a little bit about being as as they say women of a certain age. Yes. <laughs> you know, getting to a certain stage in your life, it, it, you really do get some perspective. Uh, on yes. wh- what matters and and 
Yes. Less concerned about making sure everybody likes you. Your focus kind of narrows to the people whose opinion of you actually matters. Yes. Yeah. That's I'm, so true. That's so true. I, I wish I knew this um, a lot earlier. It would have saved me a lot of problems and sorrows. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I really, I really feel it is, it is something good with, uh, with uh, getting older. Yeah. Uh, that you know who you, you know who you are, and um, yeah. Yeah, I think that is good. I love that. Well, you've shared a couple of great things. And, and so I want to go back and unpack that some of that a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you talked about at work, the challenge of not being able to plan because news happens, mm-hmm. you know, without asking you if it should yeah. happen. And so yeah. <laughs> how how do you manage it? How do you sort of stay on, ta- on, on track and be productive when you can't plan because you don't know ahead of time what news is going to happen and what's going to call for your attention? How, how do you manage that at work? That's a hard question because uh, I've been I've been a journalist since I um, was twenty one, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm over fifty now. So it's been a, it's been a long time, and this is something that you just do. It is um, you get used to not being able to plan to just go with it when it happens. I mean, I know in the morning, I know what I have to do. I know that I have to read the papers. I know that I have to to edit the, the stories. I have to know that I, I have to record the broadcast and so on. But I don't know how, how I will do it, what the content will be. Mm. So when I use my planning skills, so to say, it's mostly for for other things for for the for the real life so to say to make um to to be able to to go smoothly through life so to say even though i work as i do yeah because uh work is a big part of our lives but it's not everything yeah and there's a lot of logistics outside work that you have to take care of um so i uh, at work, I just go with the flow, but when it comes to the rest of my life, I I plan it more. Well, and I would think maybe that be planning what you can and having an order to your mm. life where you can makes it easier to, as you've said, go with the flow without being anxious about it. I think so too. Yeah, and um, to me, um, I as I said, I I, I love planning i love making to-do lists and and plan ahead and so on and when i've done that i feel safe Mm -hmm. so to me it really doesn't matter if i have to to skip the plan yeah as long as it's there i feel safe i feel that i have a plan yeah and then from that i can yeah i can do other things uh, when when they happen yeah you can deviate from the plan Take care yeah, of what yeah. what presents itself to you, and then when that's taken care of, you've got the plan to go back to and say, "Okay, where was I? Yeah, um, you know, shall I? W- what shall I do next?" Because the plan was there. Mm-hmm. Do you do you have any particular tools you like to use for planning? Yeah, I I am definitely a pen and paper person, mm-hmm. so uh, I still have a paper calendar uh, where I have everything. I feel that I remember things better when I write them down by hand. At work, we use uh, Outlook. Um, that's the standard. So when I have meetings at work and so on, they go into into Outlook. But when it comes to myself, I want, to, so to say, a real calendar, something to write in. I have two mobile phones, uh, one private and one for work. And I think that is good because I can, I can turn the work phone off when I'm, when I'm free. And I have my work mail in my work phone, but not on the private one. So uh, when I when I'm on a holiday, for example, I turn off the 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 phone from work, so I don't I don't get tempted to check the emails or stuff like that. And I also have you know the, all those news alerts you get from from all the apps you you have from news companies and so on. Mm-hmm. I I have all them all those I have on my work phone. Uh, I don't have them on my private one. I try to divide um, when I'm free and when I'm at work. I like that, that you've set those boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that is, that is also because journalism is, is really intense. You, you need to keep updated all the time. You need to follow the news. You need to, yeah. So when, I, when I'm on holiday, 
I just want to turn it off. I don't want it to disturb me. Mm. And then when I come back, I can put on my phone and I can catch up what has what has happened. Yeah. But if you if you have the mail on your phone and you see that oh there there are three new mails, it's so tempting to go and look at them and read them. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I don't see them, they don't tempt me. I really like that. I've you know it's it's interesting. I'm, I'm listening to you talk about that, and I have only one phone. I have a really nice iPhone 10, you know, or 10s, and everything goes into that. And I'm, I'm loving what you're saying about setting those boundaries and, and not having your work stuff on your personal phone. So there is some time when it's, when it's, you're not, um, you're not there, you're, you're off and you're, you can let your mind rest and all of that. I'm going to have to think about getting a second phone for that purpose. I like that. Yeah. Hmm. And also, um, I use my phone a lot at work, my work phone, so to say. But I I don't want to give my private number to everyone. Yeah. I want to have a number that is just for my family and for my friends and for those who are close to me. Yeah. Uh, and then I have another number that I give to the people that I make interviews with and, and so on. Uh, I don't want to mix that. On my private phone, I, I, I have a lot of apps that I use. Uh, apps for buying tickets and paying bills and book hotels and journal my exercise and check the weather and and stuff like that. I do almost everything on my phone. Mm -hmm. I use Goodreads, for example, to see which book I've read uh, and get some new ideas what to read. I use Kindle. I love Kindle. Mm -hmm. And also I use an app that is called Grateful. Hmm. Um, every night I write something good ha- that has happened during the day. And when everything feels bad and dull and stuff like that, I just flip through it to remind me of all the good stuff that's happening every day. And it makes me, it makes me feel good when I, when I, when I flip through it. Yeah. So is that, is that an app that you got in, um, it, it, I, I don't know, is your phone an iPhone? Yes, it's and, it's an iPhone. So I I get I I got both Goodreads and and, and this uh, app called Grateful from from App Store. Okay. Uh, most of the other most of the other apps I use are Swedish ones, of course. Yeah. Um. So um, I don't I don't think they are of any use to you <laughs> actually. You you might not be the only person in 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 Sweden who's listening. So. <laughs> No, but but if someone is listening, they can send me an email. I will gladly tell them. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I'll, well, I'll try to find the link for this app, this Grateful app, and put that in the show notes because yeah. that sounds interesting. I like that. Yeah, it's a very easy one. You can you you just write a, a few lines and then you can add a photo and um, yeah, it's 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 really simple, but I really like it. Yeah. So. So going back to some of the things that you said were cha- uh, challenges, you mentioned that at home, the challenge is clutter and that you and your husband have committed to making this a year of decluttering. Yeah. Uh, and so I have to ask, everybody in the world is watching Marie Kondo on Netflix. Is that something you've been watching that inspired you? No, I have not. I have not watched her show, but I've read her books. Uh-huh. Um, Yes and no. I mean, she has some really great tips. For example, I nowadays I fold my t-shirts and stuff like that the way she's doing it because mm-hmm. it's a it's a great way of of see what you have and so on. Yeah. But no, I don't I don't thank my watch every <laughs> afternoon for uh, that it has been telling me the time during the day and I don't um when I when I decide that okay this will this book or this dress or anything will just have to leave us, I don't hug it and, and thank it for for what it has done to me. No, I don't. Yeah. Um, and I also think that she's. I like. I mean, one of the books that I really that I really liked reading was one that you recommended. I think the Joy of Less. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I, I I like that really really very much, and and that one inspired me. But I think that Marie Kondo, for example, she she say she says that you should 
give away practically all your books. Just keep a few ones. Uh, I can't do that. <laughs> I uh, can't I mean, either. Even, <laughs> no, I mean, even if I if I never will read them again, they're my friends. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, I read a quote that from an old Roman. I don't I, I don't remember who, but but he said that a home without books is like a body without a soul. Mm. And I and I really agree with that. I think that I could not be happy in a home without books. Well, I I agree with a lot of what you've said there. First of all, certainly about books. My husband will tell you I have, uh, you know, a few thousand of them. <laughs> yeah, because I've been collecting them over the years, and I've gotten yeah. rid of you know I've given away a few of them, but for the most part, I like having them there, and I'll pull different ones off the shelf and look at them from time to time. Mm -hmm. There are other things that are easier for me, less you know, less significant to me that I that it's easier for me to um, get rid of and pare down and you know declutter. It's so the, to speak. it's the same with. Yeah, it's the same with me. And and as I said, even if there are books that I won't read anymore, uh, some of them are like memories. They remind mm -hmm. me of a time in my life when I was reading books like that or yeah. uh, friends I had then that I was discussing that book with and so on. I, I don't want to get rid of them. Not, yeah. not so many. Yeah, I think, and, and going back to what you were saying about Marie Kondo and her, you know, the the tidying up book. Uh, I think she's done a lot of good things to get people thinking about this. Uh, the fact that she's become so popular and it really, there's been a, re there, there was when her book came out, everybody got uh, real interested in it. Now that she's in doing this Netflix series, it's really, there's been a resurgence of it. And I think she has a lot of good things to say. Uh, like you, I, I, I fold my clothes the way that she recommends because I really like how it looks in the drawers and makes it easy for me to find things. Mm. But I also, I, I understand the theory behind it of the, you know, sort of thanking things as you let them go out of your life. It's not something that I do, but it, it, you know, if it works for other people, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. There's a, a lot to be learned from her, but I think, I don't think there's any one system that's right for everybody. And you can pick and choose the things you can learn from somebody and take the pieces that make sense to you for your life and let the rest of it go. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that just as you said, I think you should be cherry picking. Mm -hmm. I think you should take the the parts that agrees with you and leave the rest. And and from all those pieces, you can make up your own system that yeah. works for you. Yeah, I think that is why persons like you and I read so much, so many books about planning and, and yeah. productivity and so on, because you you learn something from from each one, um, and and take what you want into your own life. Yeah. And, and I think that's such a wise approach to take to, to any input that you're getting, whether it's a book or a podcast or, you know, shows on Netflix or whatever, to realize that the, whatever someone is recommending, whether it's me or anybody else, that's one, one approach. That's one person's opinion. Yes. And if you're not doing it that way, that doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. Uh, and I think we can get no, a little no. tied up in, well, there's a right way to do it. And I, I'm not doing it that way. So I'm doing it wrong. I, I, I love when people can, you know, hear and learn from each other and take the pieces that resonate with them and incorporate those into their own system yeah. and, and, and not feel any sort of like they're compelled to do it the way Marie Kondo or Laura mm. McClellan or anybody else does it. I agree with you. Well, one of the things I wanted to talk about is it, when you and I first exchanged emails, you shared with me, um, I think in response to something we'd talked about in an, on a ep previous episode of the podcast, uh, that you have chosen a word for the year. And you shared with me what that word is and what that means to you. And I would love for you to, to share a little bit about that, because I just thought it was such a great, uh, great attitude and a great approach. Yeah, it was actually after starting to listen to your podcast that I, I, I started with this choosing a word for, for the year. Last year, I chose balance. Mm. Uh, and I started to, to use an app then that is called Life Cycle. Uh, 
that uh, register what you are doing with your time. I think it uses the GPS on your on your mobile to see where you are. And once I've told the app that when I'm here, I'm working, it counts the, the hours when I'm at work. Uh, it counts the hours when I'm sleeping, when I'm at home, when I'm grocery shopping and so on. So at the end of the week and the month and the year, you can see how many hours you've been using for different things. Mm. And I think that is... That is, uh, I know some of my friends think thinks it's creepy, but I, I really like it because it gives me a picture uh, if I have some kind of balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many how many hours do I spend working? How many hours do I spend with my friends? How many hours do I spend at home? How much do I sleep? And some said that to me when I uh, when I showed them that uh, oh that would that would give me stress but it doesn't I just think it's fun uh, and it it gave me a picture of balance uh, sure. that I really liked I think it's that's useful information to have uh, be, being aware is the first step to to creating a life intentionally being aware of where you are and knowing how you're spending your time I think it's so valuable because then you can look at it and say do I like that am I okay with that or would I like to make some changes mm. But but awareness is the first step. So I love that. Mm. Okay, and so yeah. your word for this year. And that is that is yeah, that is um this life cycle app is is uh, I found it at App Store and, and it's in English, so mm. everyone okay. can use it. Great. Um uh, but this year this year I chose luxury as my word. And what is, I, I, I don't know if I've ever heard anyone talk about choosing that particular word. I love the word. I love the fact that you've chosen it. I love what you have told me about what that means to you. Does that mean you're going to be uh, dripping yourself in diamonds and carrying designer bags everywhere you go? Yes, yes. <laughs> and sipping champagne every day. <laughs> of course. No, it's not. Um, uh, no, it means the small luxury things. Hmm. Like I, I got a very lovely teacup from my daughters for for Christmas. Uh, it's in my it's in my favorite color. It has a golden rim, uh, and I use it at work. Uh, I mean, I could use any of those ugly cups that we have at work, but mm-hmm. I use this one. Um, and whenever I see it on my desk, uh, I think about my daughters, and it makes me happy. Hmm. I think that we should uh, cherish beautiful things more than we do mm-hmm. um, because they they bring a, a kind of feeling of luxury and the and the feeling of joy that I really like yeah it's the same that I, I, I use lipstick almost every day uh, and nail polish and I think that I, I like the feeling it makes me feel I feel I have more energy mm-hmm. when I do that because you're treating yourself like you matter yes yes yeah and i think that that is also a thing that you have been talking about a lot a lot about on your show and that is that um women are usually putting themselves or ourselves at the bottom of the to-do list Mm -hmm. Um, there are always a lot of things that should be done first before we look to ourselves yeah and I think that we should be more more kind to ourselves and that we should we should allow ourselves a little luxury. Sure. It could be a, a body lotion with a lovely scent, it could be using perfume every day, it could be buying a bunch of flowers for the kitchen table, everything that is not necessary yeah. but brings joy. That is that is luxury to me. Yeah. I love that. I just uh, just treating yourself just a little bit, and I I love the idea of um, buying some flowers that you think are beautiful, and it, that doesn't have to be expensive. At least here in the United no, States, no. you can buy pretty little bouquets of flowers at the grocery store for just a few dollars, yeah. and put them on the kitchen table or on your desk or wherever, and just something that'll make you smile and feel a little special whenever you look at it. Mm. But how how often do we do it? Yeah. 
No, I think that's that's such a such a good point. And the other thing you mentioned in your email, another sort of version of luxury or another meaning of luxury for you was you kind of mentioned the idea of buying less but better. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Yes. Uh I think it's it's not a good time to do it right now because I've just been to London with my daughters <laughs> and we were not we were not buying less when we were there. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> it was a shopping spree. I want to, I mean, I'm in the stage of my life where I have everything that I need. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have all the um, all the clothes I need. I have all the books I need. I have I have everything. Um, but it's still nice to to buy things mm-hmm. uh, to to get yourself something. And then I, I thought that yeah I should I should um, buy less um, but in better quality mm-hmm. so it lasts longer mm-hmm. instead of buying um, five things just buy one that is that is really really good yeah and I think that when you when you look at the the challenges that we have ahead with the climate change and and with the environment and saving the planet and all that we we can't go on consuming the way that we are doing right now such a good um point. so yeah so I, I i think that um i will be better at that yeah um and and also use the things that i have instead of buying new things well and and also using the 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 nice things that you have instead of instead of saving them for some special occasion yeah, that yeah. never comes i've got beautiful china yeah. that was given to us as a wedding gift many years ago that was an was antique mm-hmm. at that time it was f- a, really a family heirloom and we never use it it sits there in the glass china mm-hmm. cabinet and i can see it but i, I i've been thinking lately mm-hmm. partly because of what you said in your email to me about this thinking mm. you know what we could get that out and just have it for dinner use use them for dinner mm. on a tuesday night why not mm. yeah because you have to ask the question what am i saving it for yeah yeah i love that and you know the it, what's interesting to me is this idea of luxury in the sense of buying fewer things but better quality that goes right hand in hand mm. with your goal of doing some decluttering so instead of having a closet mm. full of of you know cheap dresses have you know two or mm. three really nice high quality ones or something like that mm. that you're going to enjoy wearing that are going to last and that that you feel beautiful in and that it's uh, dresses or things that are worth mending, worth keeping, yeah, uh, instead of just throwing away. Yeah, I love that. That I I think that's just such a neat concept and a neat uh, way of looking at life, and to have to have that as kind of your word for the year, and find different ways to uh, apply that in your life. Mm. So I, I really appreciated you sharing that with me. Mm. Well, let's, um, let's get to, to the question I love to ask my guests. You know, we've talked about the, the things that you do in your day, the way you've organized your life and the, the challenges that you face. You've got systems in place that work for you and a, and a, a daily routine that works for you um, and seem to have a pretty good sense of who you are and what you want out of life. Um, so I have to ask the question anyway, even with all of that. Do you ever have a day when it all gets away from you, you get, or you get just completely stressed out and overwhelmed? And if you do, what do you do to get back on track? Now I'm going to give you a shock, Laura. <laughs> no, I, I never have days like that. Okay. And how do you, avo- <laughs> how do you avoid having days like that? Because a lot of the rest of um, us do. Yes. But when I, when I was thinking about this question, because I, I knew that you would, that you would ask me. I thought, uh, well, maybe it's because I'm not busy enough. But I don't think it is like that. I don't think that is the answer. Um, so now you wonder, how does you make it? I think we should. Uh, I should introduce you to a very good Swedish word. Okay. Um, in Swedish, we have a small little useful word, which is lagom. Lagom. And that means 
just enough. It's not too much, not too little, not too hot, not too cold, um, not too big, not too small. It's perfect, so to say, but not in not in that um, demanding way that it has to be perfect. It's just that it is lagom, as we say. Okay. And I think that uh, about 20 years ago, I had too much stress in my life. I had so much that I, I got sick mm. and I had to stay home from, from work for a month. And and after that, I went to a stress coach uh, to um, get some, some advices. How should I cope with the stress? And she said something that is very interesting. She said that you can get addicted to stress, just like a drug. Mm. And um, she said that there are a type of persons that consciously or unconsciously put themselves in positions that uh, are stressful just to get the kick of managing mm -hmm. to do it. Hmm. And I think I am that. I think I am that kind of person. Um, I mean, as a journalist, you are you get used to tight deadlines and you have to to deliver all the time and so on. But even before I started working, uh, when I was in school, I always started too late preparing for tests and so on. And then when I managed, it was it was kind of a kick. Yeah, mm -hmm. I did it. Yeah. And she said that. <clears throat> she said that. Now, when you when you have had this problem, when you when you got sick from stress, you have to be careful um, because next time you will fall harder. Mm. And I've been thinking about that a lot, and I I think that I'm trying to stay away from the drug. Yeah, because I I know that it it gives me those kicks uh, to manage, so to say, impossible situations. Mm. And I know that even if it feels good. It is not good for you. Yeah. Um, and I also feel that when I was young, I could go into that, you know, when the when the body goes into a uh, red alert mode, mm -hmm. when you have the adrenaline is pumping in your body. And when I was young, I could go into that mode and out of it really quickly. But now when I'm getting older, that feeling of adrenaline stays in my body much longer. Yeah. I have, it's harder to get out of that mode. And because of that, I really try to to stay away from that stress drug um, because I know it's not it's not good for me. And so you do that by making sure your life is I, I don't know how to use the word correctly, but logom. Yeah, logom. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I am more carefully careful now. I I take a step back before everything goes away from me. Mm. I I look at my plans, I look at my to-do list and I ask, is this logum? Mm. Is this manageable? Can I do this? Yeah. Or uh, is it just um is it just a wish that mm. I will do it? Because then I know it's the drug. Mm. Then I know I I'm searching for the kick. <laughs> oh, I love that um, so much. I think that's such a wise approach. Before I met that uh, that coach, I never thought about stress as a as a drug. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that she's right in a way. Oh yeah, absolutely. And also one thing that that also has been following me was that when I when I just started hosting our morning news when I was in the studio as a host, it was just my third morning or something like that. So I I was a little nervous. Uh, we had some technical problems before the broadcast so we didn't know if it we would be able to make it and one of my my colleagues were running around and trying to solve it and and I and I asked him said shall I be nervous now and he said no why should you it wouldn't help at all <laughs> and I've often I've often thought about that when I when I start getting nervous um, if I can't do anything about it then it's no use to to get upset about it or get stressed out about it. Yeah. Sometimes when I when I start to to uh, yeah to feel anxious about anything and and so on, I think about what he said. No, it wouldn't help at all. Hmm. Very good. Yeah, I think that's a very as that I think that is a very good approach to it. Well, I love that. You are my first guest who doesn't have those kinds of days. Yes. And I love the reason why I, you know, there's so much there. We may have to, you may have to come back another time and we'll just talk about that. But 
but uh, about about logum. Yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. So mm-hmm. this has been great, Jane. What is? Uh, let me ask. What's on the horizon for you? What do you have coming up, either personally or professionally, that you're excited about? Looking forward to. Uh, I will receive, as I said, I will receive new interns now in a few weeks. Uh, I will also go to to Stockholm and meet some journalism students uh, mm-hmm. and tell them about the profession and tell them why they should be interns at our place. Mm-hmm. That is what's, what is ahead of me right now. Sounds like fun working with interns and helping introduce yes, new is. new people to a profession that you have been working at for a big part of your life. Uh, Jane, where can people connect with you either online or, you know, if someone wants to find out more about what you're doing or... Um, if someone ha- wants to know more about Logum. Yeah. How, how would they How would they connect with you? I think the best way is uh, is uh, by mail. Okay. My my mail is Jane underscore a at hotmail dot com. Okay. Uh, you can find me on on uh, Facebook and and Instagram also. I can give you the links so you can you can have it. But I don't publish. I try to to have a. I take a break from social media now when it comes to publishing. Yeah. Uh, but I check my inboxes and so on. So um, if someone wants to reach me that way, it's fine. Okay. Well, I'll get those links from you. We'll put those in the show notes in case anybody wants to just yes. connect with yes. you. Before we go, do you have any last words for the listener who might be looking for a little help, maybe a little encouragement in, in getting the things done that matter and make, making a life that matters? What would you say to that listener? You know that uh, I'm a Swede, and we we look at equality maybe in a little different way from what you are doing in 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 the states. So I think you should uh, I think you should put your husbands and partners to work more. <laughs> the one who the one who is living with you should not help you with the homework. He should do his part of it, and that's half. Yeah, not less. Hmm. Love it. Great advice. Yeah, so, uh, and I, there's a book I, I, I can also recommend. It's about emotional labor. It's very interesting. It's called Fed Up, and it's written by Gemma Hartley, a very good book. Uh, she wrote a, a, an article in Harper's Bazaar about emotional labor that went viral. It's really, really good. I can send you the link to that. Okay. And Thanks. also... A, f- a final advice is that be kind to yourself. Mm. Every day do something that is just for you, not for someone else. Such good advice. A great way to end this conversation. Although I hate to end it. It's been such a delight talking with you. Thank you so much, Jane, for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. had such a good time talking with Jane. I feel like I learned so much from her. I'm really thankful to her for taking the time to share her thoughts with us on how she manages her life, as well as for her great insights and encouraging words for the rest of us. But what do you think? Do you have any questions for Jane or for me about the things that we talked about? I would love to hear from you. And I know Jane would as well. You can share your thoughts, your questions, your comments in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you'll find at theproductivewoman.com slash 231. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman's Facebook page. Um, If you want to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I'd love to hear from you. And check out the show notes again at theproductivewoman.com slash 231 for links to the ways that you can reach out to Jane as well. Before we go, I want to just give a shout out to our longtime sponsor, FreshBooks. And this is a a little word for the wise, I guess, for those among you who have a small business. Do you remember when you started that small business? 
it was a big deal, wasn't it? It took a lot of late nights, early mornings, even the occasional all-nighter trying to get things done and taken care of in a, in a good and professional manner and build that business. The bottom line is you've probably been pretty busy since then. Well, why not make things a little easier? Our friends at FreshBooks have the solution. We all have to deal with the money side of our business, and FreshBooks invoicing and accounting software is designed specifically for small business owners. It's simple, it's intuitive, and it keeps you way more organized than, you know, a dusty shoebox filled with crumpled receipts. You can create and send professional-looking invoices in 30 seconds, and then you'll get them paid up to two times faster with automated online payments. You can file your expenses even quicker and keep them perfectly organized for tax time, which is coming up here in the United States. But the best part about FreshBooks is that it grows alongside your business, so you'll always have the tools you need when you need them without having to learn the ins and outs of accounting. Join the 24 million people who've used FreshBooks. Try it free for 30 days. No catch, no credit card required. Just go to freshbooks.com woman and be sure to enter the productive woman in the how did you hear about us section to get started on your 30-day free trial today. And if your personal or professional goals include additional education, don't forget the University of California, Irvine Division of Continuing Education is here to help you achieve those goals. For a limited time, they're offering the Productive Woman listeners a discount on one of their courses of your choice. There there are a few exceptions, but for the most part, they're all available for this 15% discount. Just visit ce.uci.edu slash podcast and be sure to enter the promo code podcast to get 15% off one course. Again, that's ce.uci.edu slash podcast and enter the promo code podcast for that 15% discount off the course of your choosing. And thank you so much to UC Irvine and to FreshBooks for supporting The Productive Woman. And that, my friends, is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you for spending this time with me and with Jane. I hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. I hope you found something in it that's helpful to you. And I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.